Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cindy Donaldson Show. I am your host, Cindy Donaldson. I'm a certified high-performance coach, bucket list obsessed, serial entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to make sure that everybody in my circle learns how to not only create, but live an extraordinary life by design. And today we are talking about how to not be a lifesaver. And I'm not talking that cute little candy with the hole in the middle lifesaver. I am talking about the the super geeky person up on top of that, you know, uh, whatever that bench is on the beach with all the zinc oxide in perpetual anxiety, watching the little kids run into the waves, knowing they're going to get caught in the the riptide. And you're like, shit, I'm going to have to go out there and save them. And this is a day after day after day after day thing. If you've been following my journey, you know that this past year has been a hot mess express. And my personal mentor slash therapist slash coach slash whatever he is amazing called me out and said, Cindy, you're a freaking lifesaver. You think that you need to save everybody's life and it is your mission and your purpose to be up on that damn chair slathered in zinc oxide and you're constantly thinking about how you're going to grab that little buoy and save everybody. Like that is not your job. And I was like, oh shit, I'm a, I'm a damn lifesaver. So, and here's a funny side note. Um, I can swim and here's how I learned how to swim. My father threw me into the neighbor's pool and said, swim. And you know, what's really sick about it. He doesn't know how to swim. Neither of my parents could swim. And they threw me in the water and I learned how to swim, but I have like a real big anxiety over drowning. Um, 10 years ago, we went to Hawaii. And if you've ever been to Hawaii, you know, those surfs are crazy, even in Maui, which is fairly docile. But a lot of people die in the rip currents there. And it's just crazy. I wouldn't go out in the water unless I had one of those little boogie boards to hold me up. And it was crazy. I was even like scuba dive and that scuba diving on um, snorkeling, holding onto my little boogie board. So the fact that he called me the lifesaver thing, it just threw me for a loop big time because it's a fear I have of drowning and I feel like I need to save everybody. And so I've talked about this before. You know, I have two adult children. They're the classic millennials. I was the classic parent where I did everything for them. My daughter traveled around Europe long before I'd ever stepped foot on that continent. They had everything. Now, they also had a really shitty childhood on a lot of levels. So, you know, alcoholic father. I was working three jobs, trying to hold stuff together. I was a hot mess. They were a hot mess. The fact that they turned out pretty decent kids didn't end up in jail. And I wasn't a grandmother before you know I turned 40. I consider that a win. Like I, I did what I had to do, but you know, part of living through trauma, part of constantly being in survival mode, you tend to turn into the damn lifesaver. And um, as I coach with other people who have had similar traumatic childhoods and traumatic marriages and abuse and all this, I was like, oh my God, okay, there's a pattern here. And it's not that everybody turns into the lifesaver, but it becomes your, your thing, right? You're like, oh my God, the kids, like they need something. I got to go save them. But it isn't just with a family thing. Like, you know, it also goes along with being a people pleaser, which I found is also a big trait of people with ADHD. Yes, I've gone down this rabbit hole of research. Google is fun, 
but it's also can be really dangerous and a time suck. So, um, but I know, you know, if you follow me, you probably sort of channel me on some level. So you're, you're already hitting Google on this one, but the lifesaver thing is also about thinking you can fix people who don't want to be fixed. And this is a big one, folks. You can't save people that don't want to be saved. You can't help people that don't want to be helped, right? So if you are sitting up in that chair with the zinc oxide on your nose and you're you're hot and there is an adult who keeps going into the riptide, even though you've told them four times, they're going to probably get caught up in the riptide. It's like telling a child, don't touch the stove because it's hot. And you tell them over and over again, and they just go to touch the stove because they want to see if you're right or not. Like you cannot help people that aren't willing to be helped. It kind of goes back to the addiction thing, right? And, you know, that proverbial rock bottom. Now, I've never been addicted to drugs, but there's a lot of people in my family who have alcohol abuse and drug abuse. So I recognize the signs. Until they want to be helped, you can't help them. And that is very hard for somebody with the lifesaver personality because it's very frustrating. Um, I often, like, you know, 20 years ago, when I first really started diving into business consulting, I would go into companies. And again, I have this gift of immediately seeing what roadblocks are. And people in companies, I, I just can see it very easily. And then my brain quickly goes to mapping how to fix them. It, it's what I do. I can do it very easily. I can do it very quickly. Hell, I can do that shit in my sleep. The frustrating part for me is if a person doesn't want to fix those, if they're not willing to say, oh my God, you're right. I do have this issue. I do have this roadblock. If they're not willing to see that, then all the magical road mapping that happens in my brain and all of the beautiful strategies I can build up to fix them are never going to work. Sometimes it takes humbling. Sometimes it takes that rock bottom. I don't know. Sometimes it just takes an aha moment. Like my life is shitty and I am self-sabotaging or I'm doing whatever, right? It's that easy and that hard, right? The, the path to success isn't that difficult, but it's also incredibly difficult, right? We hold ourselves back on so many levels. We get in our heads, Um Inside the Courage Formula, my um, monthly group, and if you are not part of that, hop on that bandwagon. It's nine bucks a month, and it's so fun. Um, but we're talking, we're we're leading the group through this ninety day sprint, personal sprint, and they can they can choose whatever they want, either in a business, their health, their their personal relationships, whatever, and pick three top priorities that they want to accomplish in the next ninety days. So as I'm, my job as a coach is to be this constant nudger, you know, because again, I can see a person's potential so clearly, so clearly. And as a parent, that is freaking hard, especially if you have children like mine. My son has ADHD like me. And so, you know, that clash is really difficult because I, I know what he's going through. And then I have the overachiever daughter who's got a gazillion degrees as an attorney, as a therapist, and, and you can't argue with her, right? So when I see something in my children, it's like I have to hold back. Talk about can't be a lifesaver there, right? It's It's very difficult. So I don't really nudge with them as much as I do my clients. But my clients, 
Like it is my job to call them out is to push them because they're not paying me to be like, oh, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Well, no, if you want to achieve greatness, if you want to go past where you are, if you want to get out of a shitty situation, you have to make changes. And the only way to do that is to recognize that what you're doing now is not working. It doesn't mean you're broken. It could just be a habit that you have. You don't want to be an alcoholic anymore. Well, we've got to address the alcohol issue, right? You want to have better blood work. Okay, well, then you better go get the you better go get the test and get a baseline and and work with people to figure out how to get better. You want to feel better. You got to figure out what's 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 wrong. And some people don't want to face that. Now, there's the narcissist who thinks that everything in their life is perfect. And I'm not talking about the narcissist thing. I'm talking about 99 point whatever percent of people out there. Because looking in the mirror, mirror and saying what I'm doing is wrong is hard. Change is hard. And I've talked about this a lot before, um, especially for people that have gone through trauma and, and um, you know, have a lot of survival mode in them. I'm not a therapist. I've, I've gone through years of therapy, but this is from a coaching aspect of how to move forward, not looking back. But when you talk about, you know, people that have gone through that and me specifically, I'm going to share my story here. For me, my survival mode was going into bubble world, which turned me into an incredible dreamer and a firm believer in manifestation, right? I lived in a bubble world. What I didn't want to hear, though, were things that like one more thing I had to do to change my life to make it better until I hit a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And frankly, with my my ex-husband, it was when my daughter came to me and said, I can't take this anymore. You need to divorce him. Talk about breaking a mama's heart, right? So that was that was the point. And. I was holding on to that relationship because I truly believed in my soul. And this is no lie that my ex-husband, he was such a dick that he was going to take my kids and run away to Mexico. He had a lot of family in Arizona. He wasn't Mexican, but I could see him just to spite me taking my kids and I would never see them again. So I didn't divorce him for a very long time. And I put up with his abuse and a lot of shit because of that. Now, part of that fear was rational. It could have happened, but the anticipatory anxiety over that and the unrational, irrational, I'm sorry, irrational fear overtook me and I couldn't see the forest through the trees, right? So I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to hang on. So that was kind of my rock bottom when it came to that shift. I've had other rock bottoms when my... Um, first company fell apart and I had to go through a lawsuit. I lost everything. I was literally homeless when my kids were in junior high and in high school, which I look back now, you know, 20 years ago, seems like a lifetime, but it seems like yesterday. Like we were, you know, my son spent a summer at his best friend's house. My daughter and I shared an air mattress at my sister's house. And I had to make a decision at that point. Talk about imposter syndrome. I didn't think, cause I didn't have a college degree. 
I had lost everything. I felt like I was a failure. Even though I took five years of college, I never graduated. And uh, and I was, and I, I was like laying there on that air mattress and saying, okay, no one's going to throw me <laughs> like no, no one is my lifesaver right now. Like I have to make a choice. I can go get a job. I can dig down deep and figure out my life and, and just do it. And I did. And I came to the other side. I became very successful. I overcame all of that. And now I'm living in my RV, traveling around the country, and I have three companies and launched a nonprofit. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just, I'm sharing that there is something on the other side, right? Nobody could have helped me until I was ready to help myself. I had to have that incredible moment of clarity. So if you find yourself in lifesaver mode where you are constantly you know, telling a friend, well, you got to do this, you got to do this, or telling a child, or, you know, telling a client or telling a coworker, telling a boss, like, unless they want to change, you're driving yourself crazy. Your anxiety level is going through the roof. You are that person on top of that chair, dripping in zinc oxide with the wonky little orange hat. And you are unsure of your swimming ability like I'm personalizing this now, because thinking about me being in that chair and being in Hawaii or something and having to swim out over those waves to rescue somebody who didn't listen to me, that pushes me over the edge. So there's a lot of lessons in all of this shit that I'm sharing with you today, right? It's it's personally, if you feel like, you know, it's, it can never get better, I'm promising you, Nothing lasts forever. The good doesn't last forever, but neither does the bad. And you can change anything about your life that is in your control. You cannot change other people. As my mentor always tells me, if you do not have responsibility over a situation or a person, you have zero authority. Same with children. I have adult children now. If they needed me for something, absolutely. I spent the summer helping my son rehab a house because he was in way over his head and it wasn't going to happen unless I helped him. Okay. He didn't ask for the help, but I know he needed it. And I knew that I was the only one that could fix it. So of course I did that. But coming from the classic millennial mom in an abusive survival relationship who constantly swooped in and fixed everything... I was the lifesaver, lifeguard on steroids, and now learning how to back off and let my kids be adult children and leave and lead their own lives and let them fail and let them learn those lessons is very difficult. It's very difficult. It's very hard for me when I work with a coaching client. And I hate the word breakthrough. I, I try to use aha moments because I feel like everything is cumulative, right? Like, you know, you you get them thinking coaches. It's all about, I ask a lot of questions and I was like, why do you, why do you do that? And I do break the coaching rule and go into mentor rule and tell people what to do when I feel like they need it. But my role is to get them thinking. I ask them really difficult thought provoking questions. So 
when they leave a coaching session, I consider it a great coaching session if they leave and they're like, oh shit, or oh my God. And they they sit back or I get an email or a text message later that day or the next morning. And they're like, I, I just haven't stopped thinking about this. Like, I think you're onto something here. I was like, yay, Cindy, ask those questions, right? You can create and live your life by design. The only person holding you back is you. The people around you also have the ability, regardless of their situation, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Nobody's family are the cleavers. Nobody. Nobody's Donna Reed. Like that, that stuff is in the movies, right? Nobody has an absolutely perfect relationship. Even the greatest couples have arguments and disagreements. It's how they handle them, right? Nobody's children are perfect. Nobody's job is perfect. That just doesn't exist. And sadly, society and social media and all of that, we put all of this pressure to be to have this perfection gene that doesn't exist. And I'm going down a rabbit hole here on the perfection thing now. But back to the lifesaver, right? The people, if you don't have responsibility, you have no authority. You don't. You can't tell another, you know, your best friend's kids what to do and trump what the parents, like if the parents don't want the kids to go to, you know, camp, you can't go behind them and say, oh, well, you know, I'll fix it. I'm going to put you in camp. Like that isn't how it works. No responsibility, no authority, no authority, no responsibility. Okay. Really important lesson. And that was talk about a, a breakthrough aha moment for me. It really was. And, you know, as I kind of looked back through my life and the people that I've been trying to save, the clients that I've been trying to save, you know, I've I've ended up firing clients or backing away from contracts if they aren't willing to see what the roadblocks are and if they have unrealistic expectations. Like, I can't go in and fix them. I'd say, I mean, this is like consulting 101, right? Companies will hire me because they have, you know, a revenue issue. And I go in and I find out it's a people issue. It's a leadership issue. And if the CEO doesn't want to recognize that that is the roadblock, then I can't help you. You are never going to get the results you want because you're not ready to see what the problem is. Same with, I mean, you like talk about a healthy lifestyle. You know, I'm all into this. I love my isogenics products. I am on a mission to live a wild and woolly 100. I am, you know, I'm obsessed with the blue zone diet, the whole thing. I'm obsessed with it. Now, I can't get there if I eat McDonald's every day or if I don't exercise, if I don't take care of myself, right? That doesn't mean that I have to be perfect. I have to be aware and take responsibility for my actions, which is the big lesson in all of this, right? We all have to take responsibility for what we do. We do. You eat a bag of chips. Okay, you ate the bag of chips. You ate the the whole container of Oreos. Okay, tomorrow's a new day. 
but don't expect to get on the scale and see a difference or don't, don't expect to feel better because you just, you know, eight pounds of sugar. Like that's not how it works, right? You show up for a race and you haven't trained. Don't expect to win unless you are some, you know, crazy person who just has an innate ability to just go run things. That's not the average though. It goes with anything, you know, and, and again, this is what attracted me to high-performance coaching, right? It is all about identifying what you want out of life, right? It's the dreamscaping. It's the allowing yourself to say, I can do, be, have anything in life that I want if I'm willing to work hard enough to do it. Do You got to do what you got to do to get where you want to go, right? Another double-edged sword, because that can get too extreme if in the survival mode, but in the thrive mode of you got to do what you got to do to get where you want to go. That like, that pushes you to greatness. That's what manifestation is all about, right? Allowing yourself to dream and telling yourself over and over again that you are worthy of that, that you deserve that, that you've earned that, that, you know, that you are beautiful, that you are smart, that money flows freely. One of my big things for my, you know, um, I hate to, again, I don't like New Year's resolutions because those fail. But one of the things that I really wanted to accomplish in 23 was to be debt-free. I have not been debt-free since I went to college. And financial advisors, I drive them crazy because given the choice of taking $10,000 and going on a trip versus putting it in my 401k, this girl is going on the damn trip because YOLO, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and I want to go on the trip. So I can't say I'm bad with money, but I don't freak out over money as much as some people. And I don't have millions of dollars in my retirement fund and I'm okay with that. But I was like, you know what? I want to be debt-free in 23. And this year, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it, which is pretty amazing. But I wrote debt three in twenty debt free in twenty three everywhere, everywhere. It's it's part of it's in all my journals. It's on my phone. Like that was a big thing for me. And as I sat back and I realized we did this renovation of this house that my son and I co-owned together, and we didn't sell it. You know, like a year ago, and it, it's a two family house in a blue collar town. So. It's not a million dollar home, but the debt on it is about a hundred thousand dollars. And we just put it on the market for 325. I don't have millions of dollars in debt, but when that house is sold and the expenses are paid off and we split the profit, I'm going to be debt free in 23. Now, isn't that funny how the universe worked, right? We had pushed my son because the, the house is actually in his name. We pushed him to sell this two years ago because he didn't like being the landlord and it was just a lot. And then we got these squatters in there. COVID happened. You couldn't evict people. And it was a big mess. They trashed the house, $60,000 to fix it, the whole thing. And I spent my the past three months working on it with him, doing a lot of the work ourselves. And... Now that it's over with, I can sort of sit and reflect back. And I'm like, oh my God, the universe listened, man. The universe listened. So I could have 
worked and brought in another, you know, big client and done that um, to get that extra funds to pay off this, you know, little chunk of debt that I have over there. But look at the house. It didn't happen the way I wanted to, but it happened now when the market is really crazy. And my guess is we'll get multiple offers on it. So manifestation, I kept saying it over and over again, right? And the, so this is all interconnected, right? The authority and the responsibility thing, allowing yourself to dream, recognizing that you can't help people that don't want to be helped and people can't help you unless you want to be helped. When I get new clients, you know, when I do one-on-one coaching, I often ask people, you know, like, are you ready to make some changes? Like, what do you want out of life? We spend a lot of time talking about, you know, what are things that you want to accomplish? Like, you know, if money or time were of no object, what would you do be and have? What do you feel like your purpose is? Are you living into it? And all of those things. And, um, you know, really getting intentional about that and then finding out why that hasn't happened. What's holding them back, Right. Is it a habit that they need to change? Is it a habit that they need to learn? Do they need a, le- a new skill set and they're scared to death to go back to school? Are they afraid of failure? Like whatever that is, we need to address that. And I can help anybody achieve their life by design. I can help anybody, anybody. If they're willing to say, Cindy, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to change. I can coach you one-on-one. You can be one of my group programs. You can do a more self-started thing with the Courage Formula Insiders group. There are so many ways to do that. When you work with me, I'm going to ask the hard questions. And I will push back if I see that you are making excuses. Because excuses are the death of dreams. The death of dreams. Right? So if you're a lifesaver right now and you're trying to save the world, you're trying to help people that don't want to be helped or aren't ready to be helped at the expense of your happiness and your health and your dreams and aspirations. I'm telling you now to sit back and reflect and stop being the lifesaver. Wipe off the zinc oxide, take off the orange hat, throw the booby away And tell the person, I'm here when you're ready, but I can't save you unless you're willing to help yourself. And this is how you can do it, but you got to do the work. I'll be here to support you, but you have to do the work. So that's my lesson for today. Um, On a side note, this is our last day in New York, uh, Tilly the RV. I'm sitting in here now. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can kind of see um, a little, it's it's a hot mess or I'd give you a tour. And people keep asking me for the tour because, you know, every um, influencer who is a full-time nomad has always done like a van tour or an RV tour. And I just have never done that. So I guess I need to, but so follow me on TikTok. I'm Cindy Adventure Girl. And I'm Cindy Adventure Girl on Instagram too. So you can follow me there. Eventually I will do the RV tour, but we are going to knock some more states off our list. The rule that we have 
in the RV is that we have to be in a state for two days and actually do something. So driving through the state doesn't count. And even though I grew up in New England and we've had this, I've been full-time in the RV now for four and a half years, we still haven't done New Hampshire or Rhode Island, which is uncanny to me. So we're going to head north to um, New Hampshire for a week or so and just kind of wander around up there. And then I think we'll go to Rhode Island for a bit, maybe get in some beach time if we can find a place to park the RV. And then we need Delaware and Virginia too. So not New England, but I think we're going to, I've got to um, be up in Connecticut for an event I'm doing with the Connecticut Bankers Association right before Thanksgiving. So I think we're going to kind of hang here and then South or West. I'm kind of craving a little Sedona time, um, like really craving Sedona. As you know, I'm a, well, maybe you don't know if you're new, but I am very open to energy. Probably in another life, I was some kind of a healer. Talk about lifesaver. <laughs> um, but I'm very open to the energy. And so when I'm in places like Sedona, I truly feel it. It is this incredibly calming space and energizing space all at once. So I'm, I'm really craving nature and nature is my sanctuary. And I've kind of been stuck in this limbo land for a while, but anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Thanks for spending time with me again today. If you want to learn more about my coaching programs, go to cindy-donaldson.com and you can learn all about it and sign up for the courage formula insiders group. We're having so much fun and it's, again, it's loaded with all of my best content. It's only $9 a month. Um, you can also join our group coaching program where it's really focused on the high performance habits and you follow a very um, science-backed curriculum for 12 weeks. It is life-changing. So you get a lot more of me. We have weekly live Zoom well, not the Zoom, they're live meetings within my backend platform. So you really get connected with the other people in the group. I try to keep them to around 15, 20 people. I've launched a new one. So there's openings there. Again, you can get all the information on Cindy Donaldson, cindy-donaldson.com. And of course, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching for if you really want that intimate experience and fast track your results. So again, Thank you so much. Namaste. Have a great week and we'll see you next week at Cindy Donaldson Show. Bye.